guys, we're back for another exciting episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play, and I am pumped for today's guest because we're going straight to the top of this company, and this is a company that's been around for a long time. It's got a name associated with it that is pretty much one of the biggest names in the history of the game of golf, Ben Hogan. So tonight we're talking Ben Hogan Golf. We're going to talk everything top to bottom. They've been in the news a lot lately. They've got some new clubs coming out. They do produce a just ton of of products they have golf towels they have merchandise they've got golf bags you name it so the bin and speaking of merchandise i'm wearing a ben hogan shirt right now you can't see that because it's actually on the on the collar and then in here but i'm a member of the top button club so unfortunately you're not going to get to see the ben hogan logo but it's there i can assure you tonight we're going to go straight to the top and talk to scott white who's got the easiest name to pronounce and anybody that's familiar with the show knows that we've had some guests on this show that I can't even begin to pronounce their name. So I'm excited to, one, have a name that I can pronounce, and two, get to know more about Scott, more about the company. I can talk more about what they're doing and what they have going on, but I'm going to let him do that for a couple of minutes. So, Scott, welcome to the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Hey, thanks, Ricky. It's great to be here. So give us an overview, just a 10,000-foot view of what the company is and what you do as the president and CEO of this company. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of cut to the chase, it's a 65-year-old company. As, as you noted, it's got a long and distinguished history and heritage, and uh, it's been through a lot of different uh, ownership structures and, and uh, different business models. But uh, we recently relaunched the company in August of 2017, so I guess about eight or nine months ago now, using a, uh, a somewhat innovative factory direct model. We've, uh, we've eliminated going through retailers and uh, it's going really well for us. It's, um, it's, it's new. We're trying to figure it out every day. And I'm, I'm kind of uh, herding the cats, as they say, trying to figure out which way is up. But uh, again, so far, so good. We're really excited about, uh, about things and optimistic about the future. Well, that's really cool. And it is a very unique and progressive model. And I think that that's kind of been a big, a big thing in golf recently is kind of like, you know, we talk about millennials all the time where I sit with Troon trying to drive rounds and revenue. And we just added the shark experience to our golf carts. It's got live music and, and streaming TV and speakers and the whole nine yards. So it's trying to appeal to that millennial mentality. And when you say retail stores, I can't tell you the last time I went to a golf retail store. Like literally, if I want to go to golf retail store, I go to Amazon or I go to Google and I find it online. So it's a very unique something no other company has done. And I almost wonder if other companies follow that too. And you look at big companies and companies you, you've even been affiliated with, Callaway and made doing more progressive things online. So how long been with the company? Kind of tell us a little bit more about the flagging for such a, you know, Long story short, I've been in the golf industry for a very long time, uh, close to 30 years. Started at Spalding, went to Callaway, was a tailor-made, true temper, um, mostly in marketing and product management roles. And um, so I've seen, you know, the evolution of the golf industry from the equipment side, from the marketing side, from the uh, demand creation side, uh, you know, now for, for a better part of three decades. And, um, you know, what, what we're trying to do now is to take advantage of, of uh, current market trends and, and consumer behavior. And, and uh, you know, I think as people become more and more familiar and comfortable with the Internet and buying online and, and using Amazon, um, you know, we're, we're in a good position to, to take advantage of those, uh, you know, the, the way that people start to interact and, and, and continue to buy more and more product online. You know, we see uh, 
seen some interesting uh, statistics recently that in 2017, 10% of the gross national product was was bought online. Um, and so we, we expect that to continue to grow. And as I said, we, we hope to be, uh, uh, you know, at the forefront of that from uh, from a golf OEM side. That's awesome. That number is actually surprising. Uh, and I'll be curious to see what that does in 18 too, because that, that seems a lot higher than you would expect with the, with the numbers in the uh, amount of retail that is, is going through the internet. So now Ben Hogan is obviously synonymous with some of the greatest names to ever play the game. His role in the company today, how, how is it, do you know how involved he was when this company got started? Kind of what's the history of him and his role in the foundation of this, this company? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to me. It's fascinating to think that he founded the company in 1953, the same year that he won three majors. I, I don't know how you uh, play that competitively and then and then start your own company, but uh, he did so really successfully. Um, you know, I, I've I've done a lot of research and and actually worked on the Ben Hogan brand when it was owned by Spalding, uh, part of the Callaway company, long time ago. And uh, you know, we studied a lot about his. Uh, Mr. Hogan's involvement with the company and his principles of manufacturing. And we still live by a lot of those today. He was very uh, meticulous, as you might imagine, in business as he was on the golf course. And uh, it's important for us to, to continue to uh, live up to his high standards. I mean, every day we think about the fact that we're putting product out with his signature on it. It's not my signature. It's not, you know, some in the, in the, somebody in the office next to mine. So we're really cautious and careful about making sure that we live up to his standards. Um, interestingly, we have a couple of guys, or maybe three people for that matter, that uh, still work with the company that um, uh, worked with Mr. Hogan back in the, in the 50s and 60s. And so we rely on them every day. They, uh, they keep us in line and, you know, on occasion they'll tell us, yeah, this is great. Mr. Hogan would really approve of this, um, especially when it comes to product. Um, what I get more concerned about is when they give me a, a, a glare or a look and says, you know, I'm not sure Mr. Hogan would approve of this. And, and that's those those sorts of comments are the ones that I take uh, take really seriously. That's really cool. And that was one of the things that I was curious if anybody with the company was there when when Mr. Hogan was there. So that's that's just got to be a really really cool thing to be able to have that much history in the brand. I mean, the, the longevity of the brand, it doesn't sound like it's a long time, but it really is, especially in this space. I mean, you see so many companies come and go in the golf manufacturing space, and that's cool that it's been around for so long. And like you said, the relaunch of this brand and that factory direct sales model is a big part of that. So tell us a little bit more about that, what that means to a consumer, somebody that's sitting at home watching the show right now. What does that mean, factory direct? Can they go to Dick's Sporting Goods and, and hit these clubs, or do they have to do it online? What's the fitting process look like if they want to get fit? Kind of, what's the buying cycle like for a factory direct sales model? Yeah, it's it's straightforward, but it's also a little bit complicated. It's going to take people a little bit of time to get used to it. I mean, at the uh, to kind of cut to the chase, the way that this works is a consumer goes to BenHoganGolf.com, reviews our product pages and our our videos and and um, and, and ultimately, that's the way to purchase. That's the only way to purchase Ben Hogan clubs or um, uh, accessories at this point. Um, the fitting process, you know, we don't have a fitting protocol per se. Um, we urge people to go out and visit their local PGA professional or, or go to Golf Tech or Club Champion and, and get a fitting. You know, they'll send in their, their specifications and we'll hand, handcraft, custom build a set um, to those specifications. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, again, a little bit different than uh, most people are used to and, and how it's been in, in, mo in recent history. But we've, we've in 
incorporated some things to try to make it more simple and straightforward for people. We have a demo program. Um, you know, send us uh, 20 bucks and we'll send you some clubs to try at your leisure on your home course or yeah, at your at your range. Um, and we always offer, you know, free customization on clubs. So no matter what your specifications are, we're never going to be charge an upcharge for for length and and uh, and lie and loft adjustments. We you know we charge the same price for graphite and steel. I mean, the big advantage to all of this is that we don't have any retail markup. So you know, a set of forged irons that you know we compare quite often to a lot of uh, higher end product from a Callaway or a TaylorMade or a Ping for that matter. You know, at retail those would cost twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a set. You know, ours are more in the seven hundred dollar range, seven hundred and fifty dollar range. So you're saving, you know, fifty percent. You're you're saving a significant amount of money by by buying direct from the factory. That, that's awesome because I've been through that process in the past and it can get, I mean, especially with PXG just coming out and their, their high price tag that they've got. And I, I've hit the clubs and they're good, but I'm not sure that I'm even in the market. I mean, I'm not in the market to pay $800 for a driver. So that's good to know that they're a little bit more affordable. And the, the model is unique, but it's the way that we're shifting as consumers. Now, you talk about not being able to to go hit the clubs. What about demo days? I mean, are, is there ever going to be a, a day that I show up to a local golf course and they're doing a Ben Hogan demo day, or is that just something that's not currently in the cards for this model? No, that, that's something that, that might be in the future. As I said, we have a demo program right now where we'll send clubs out to you and you try them, you know, again at your leisure when you have time. Um, and we, we understand that that's not ideal in, in, in some situations, especially in the Northern climates where they don't really have, you know, a lot of people don't have a chance to play golf or, for half the year. But, um, you know, we're figuring all this out on the fly. You know, as I said, we're really a, a 65 year old startup company. We've been back in business for, for all of eight months. So, um, you know, we're, 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 uh, you know, taking baby steps here. We're trying to do a few things really well, as opposed to a million things, you know, kind of poorly. And, uh, at some point down the road, we'll, we'll make our demo program and, and, and be involved in demo days, you know, in a much more significant way. So what happens if someone buys a set of clubs, they get them and they don't like them? What's, do you have a return policy or do you have a, a policy to, to make it right for that consumer? We don't have a, well, let me answer it this way. We, we do have a return policy. Um, if, if you take them out of the box and you just don't like the way they look or they weren't what you expected, we'll take them back. That's not a problem. Our big challenge is as a small company, we can't have people go out, play the product, you know, test drive them per se for a month and then turn them back in um, once they're used. Because they're, they're, they're of no value to us, quite honestly, other than the fact that we can donate them to the first tee. So we do have a return policy and that we'll, we'll gladly accept um, anything that hasn't been hit. But we'll also go out of our way. We'll, we'll work with you if you, you know, if you find that the loft or the lie isn't quite what you expected or you need them lengthened or shortened. Um, we're glad to do that at no charge. Um, just send it back to us and we'll, you know, continue to to work on the custom fitting elements. Um, that's not a problem at all. I think you might be uh, looking into the future a little bit because next week's guest on this show is a gentleman named Derek Clemenson, who's from the first tee. So very nice segue for that. Where yeah. are these clubs designed and manufactured? Are they here in the US or are they done outside of the continental United States? Everything's done here in the U.S. with this exception of manufacturing. We do, uh, you know, we do buy uh, components um, from the Far East. There's really, quite honestly, no place left in the United States to, to buy heads. Um, 
um, or grips for that matter. We can we do buy shafts from uh, True Temper that does a lot of domestic manufacturing. But you know we're committed to U.S. manufacturing. I mean we uh, we're in Fort Worth, Texas. We have uh, you know a, a factory of, of craftsmen craftsmen and uh, craftswomen that uh, put together clubs all day, every day, one set at a time, one stick at a time. Um, and all the R&D is also done domestically. Um, we've outsourced a lot of it. You know, we don't have a big R&D team internally. So we go to people who specialize in certain areas. We'll go to a wedge guy. We'll go to an iron guy. We'll go to a, you know, driver and, and, and putter guy when, when the time is right there. So, um, you know, we, we really try to find the best, uh, the best resources in, in every element of the company, um, whether it's R&D or, you know, marketing or, or, uh, uh, manufacturing, we've we've got uh, really a fantastic team. We're small, but uh, really some of the best people in the in the industry. Now you talked about marketing. I'm the director of marketing at Tiburon Golf Club here in Naples. You've been in marketing over the years at, mo- at a wide variety of of companies. So, what's been thus far in the in the revitalization of this company? What's been the most successful in terms of marketing? Is it email marketing? Is it print advertising? Is it social media? Kind of what have been the the key factors when it comes to marketing in this new new concept? Yeah, we you know we don't have a huge marketing budget. We try to keep our costs low um, so that we can pay, again pass that savings onto the consumer. Um, you know, we do a lot of digital uh, digital marketing and social media marketing, again, at the end of the day, to drive people to a website to learn about what, you know, learn what we're about and learn more about our products. I'll tell you, though, one thing we've done that has raised some eyebrows, but I think it's been really effective for us is that we run some advertising, not a lot, on the Golf Channel. And, you know, it's hard to attach an ROI to that. But I think more than anything else, it's really helped us get the word out that the Ben Hogan, you know, Ben Hogan brand is back in business. And we're doing things a little bit differently than we've done in the past. So anecdotally, I hear from a lot of people that, hey, I saw your spot on the Golf Channel. And I think that kind of broad based air cover has been has been really helpful to us. Well, hopefully, whoever is managing the social media for the company, please introduce them to the Google Plus Golf community. Um, I mean, it's a small blip in the radar of the grand scheme, but there's just under 27,000 active members there, and that could be another place that you could help. And hopefully this episode as well, helping introduce this new concept and reintroduce the brand of Ben Hogan Golf to the golf community. So hopefully that uh, gets you guys in and active there. That'd be great. Another way that you're doing that is with brand ambassadors. So you've got a couple of tour players that are brand ambassadors, a couple of social media influencers. I actually just returned from a uh, trip to Bermuda where I was taken to play in a golf tournament as a social media influencer. And there were a couple of folks there, trick shot artists and so forth. Who are some of the tour players you're working with? And what are you doing with these social ambassadors and these influencers? Yeah, we have uh, on the professional level, we have uh, relationships with uh, JJ Henry and Mark Brooks. you know, conveniently, those are guys that both have a long history with the Ben Hogan brand, and they're also right in Fort Worth in our backyard. So they're involved in the company in a, in a lot of different ways, not just as, you know, paid players, but, you know, they provide a lot of strategic direction to us. Both Mark and JJ are at the at the uh, the office or more accurately out in the factory a lot, you know, tweaking clubs and working with us. But, you know, they help us on new product development and design. And, and JJ especially is really involved in, in social media. He he, uh, he's constantly tweeting and and uh, sending messages out on Instagram about you know places he's playing and the interest that he's getting from other tour players and the, and the Ben Hogan bag and the irons he's playing. So that's been great. And then you know we've we've sort of adopted that philosophy of having 
you know, other influencers, other people in the golf industry help us promote the brand. We have, I believe, six people on staff right now that are, um, you know, really involved, have, have a history with the Ben Hogan brand, you know, want to see us succeed. And quite honestly, we haven't had one person who said that they don't want us to succeed. So it's great to have that kind of, uh, of uh, wind in your sails. But, um, yeah, those guys will send out um, – information about their playing, you know, where they're playing, what kind of shots they're hitting, what their experiences are with the new products. Um, and, you know, they have a, a much broader reach than we would have, have as a company alone. So it's, uh, it's an experiment for sure, but it's, uh, it's, it's really going well. Our, our marketing director is a guy by the name of Tyler Bruton, and he, uh, he sort of uh, pushed hard for this program. And at first uh, I was not completely convinced that it was going to be the right thing to do, but uh, it's it's really worked out extremely well for us. That's really cool. So how does somebody become a ambassador for this brand? It's really simple. Um, it, it, there's a vetting process for sure, but there's an application on our website um, under the brand ambassadors tab and you send a, uh, fill the application out. Tyler Bruton kind of goes through it, talks to me about, you know, certain individuals that he's, he's really interested in and think fit the Hogan profile. And, um, and we go from there. Um, you know, I'm not, we're probably not going to have huge numbers of ambassadors. We're, as I said, it, with everything we're doing, we're kind of taking baby steps and, and working very methodically. But, uh, you know, six is a starting number. We'll probably end up with 10, 12, 15 by, you know, over the next few months. So, again, it's one of these things that's, uh, that, that's really, really worked well for us. That's really cool. I might have to fill out a, that uh, application. They become the official of the hashtag Wednesday match play. <laughs> I'll take a look at your application. So the PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando is like the mecca for golf brands, whether it be a Callaway or a Titleist, all the way to a guy that's made a, a little trinket that nobody's ever going to use. And it's like the biggest thing for golf, right, in January. Was Ben Hogan golf at the PGA Show this year? Have you been to the show in the past? Kind of what's your what's your thought process on on the show itself and, and being involved with that show as such a brand that's revitalizing and reintroducing themselves. Yeah. I mean, personally, I've been at the show uh, at least 25 times. I think it's, uh, I think it's North of that now, including some of the old West coast and Las Vegas shows, but uh, yeah, you're right. It is the, the end all be all when it comes to, you know, golf equipment and golf apparel, everything golf kind of revolves around that show in, in late January. Uh, we did not display at the show this year, nor the year before, um, really because of cost, but, but really more importantly, with our new factory direct model, um, we don't sell to, to retailers and really that's a buying show or meant to be a buying show. And, um, you know, we, it's not a consumer show. If it were a consumer show, certainly it would make sense for us to be there, but because, you know, we're sort of skipping that, that step in the buying cycle. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't, we don't necessarily have to be there. For, um, um, but I did go this year just to check out the competition, see what was going on in the industry. It's uh, it's always good a good way to keep tabs on on what's happening. I feel like the show gets bigger every year, and I drive, which is where everything happens. Like that's just that's the place to be, right? I mean, Absolutely, it's an awesome, awesome spot. So now the first nine questions was all about the brand and all about the business side. So I didn't tell you this was going to fly by, but we're already halfway through. But the back nine is a little bit more fun, a little more golf-related, more focused on you. So are you ready for your back nine? I'm, ab I'm absolutely ready. Boom. So how many people work for the company? You said it was small. Is it like eight or is it like 58? We have, uh, well, 
Should be a simple answer. It's really not. We have six full-time employees, including myself, and probably another 20 or so contract employees. Um, as I said, we sort of um, farm out a lot of different work to keep our costs low. So between R&D, accounting, marketing, um, you know, a lot of different business operations, uh, we've got people on staff, but they're not full-time employees. So, you know, we're, we're about 25 people is how I look at it. That is crazy small. Like, that is not at all what I thought you were going to say. That is bananas. Yeah. Now, the the Go Masters. Ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. The Masters was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, whether you're happy with how that ended or not, um, what is your favorite PGA Tour major? Maybe it is the Masters. Uh, you know, it really is. I love the Masters. I've, I've had the opportunity to go to a few of the events over the years. I, I think there's just something extraordinarily special about about Augusta, about the golf course, about the, the, the pageantry. Um, certainly now Mr. Hogan's history there. Um, so I, I, I always get uh, really revved up for the Masters. And I thought this year's, this year's uh, event had, had a ton of drama, and, and I, I, I enjoyed the ending. I thought it would be a little bit more competitive at the end, but uh, Patrick Reed just sort of uh, kept his foot on the gas pedal and, and, uh, and, and, and ran away with it a little bit at the end there. But it was fun to watch. Well, I'm Tiger's biggest fan. And he didn't perform as well as I thought he, he would. He made the cut, so at least he played the weekend. And I think, not that I enjoyed watching Jordan Spieth hit that tree on 18T, but that was not what I expected to see him in the way he did. I thought he might just pull out and shoot the course record and force a playoff. But, hey, that's the drama that happens on, on Master Sunday. I, I I can't imagine the pressure these guys are under, and I can't imagine the pressure that was on Tiger. I know he usually uh, he usually rises to uh, to the occasion, but um, yeah, it was it was an interesting ending. And and you know, I thought Tiger Tiger to me is back on track. I I thoroughly expect to see him win again, and uh, you know, I do thoroughly expect him to win at least another major. So uh, I, I, it's good for golf, and it's it's good for one of the greatest sports people in 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 our generation. I like that thought process and a couple of questions. We're going to come back to Tiger. Now, be honest. How far do you hit your driver? Um, let's see. I guess about 260, I would say. Um, yeah, it's, I'm, a, I'm a decent stick. I guess um, long, my long irons and, and driver fairway woods are really probably the strength of my game. Not a great short game player. But um, I hit it, you know, 250 to 260. Very good. Now you're from New England originally. Um, do, does the the street Lansdowne Street mean anything to you? Yeah, I've been there a few times. <laughs> That's awesome. Now there's a bar here in Bonita Springs, Florida, called Lansdowne Street. And when you mm -hmm. walk in, the back wall is the Green Monster, and there's just Boston Red Sox stuff everywhere. So mm -hmm. I I can appreciate somebody that knows what Lansdowne Street actually is. So fair well, my 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 dog Fenway is sitting here. <laughs> Feet. That is awesome, my dog. I'm, I'm a pretty hardcore Sox fan. That is so You know what, Ricky? I'm, I'm sorry to. Uh, I'm having difficulty hearing you again. Um, I think you had asked me about my golf ball, and if that's true. Um, what I'm playing right now is is probably whatever I've gotten uh, handed recently uh, by uh, somebody. I'm uh, 
I'm not really particular about golf ball other than the fact it has to be a pretty good quality one. Um, I've played Pro V1 a lot recently, Bridgestone, and, and quite honestly, I've tried the Snell golf balls, and I find them to be as good, if not better, than, than anything else on the marketplace. Dean is uh, really doing a great job with, uh, with, with this product there. They have been very popular and an idiot on the show, actually. So uh, Scott from Eat Sleep Golf, you Scott, 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 Scott from Eat Sleep Golf, let's get to know on the show sometime later this season. That would be a good conversation. So now yeah. he passed away before you started working with the company. Did you ever get the chance over the years to meet Mr. Hogan? I did not. Um, I Mr. Hogan had uh, uh, passed away just before the Spalding company, uh, Spalding Sports uh, bought uh, the Ben Hogan brand. I did meet Mrs. Hogan, uh, Valerie, uh, a couple times, and um, also had the experience of you know meeting Marty Leonard and and some of the other folks in Fort Worth that you know had a long history with with Mr. Hogan. Um, and as I said, we still have a number of people that you know work at the company that had a lot of experience with Mr. Hogan. Although I would have loved to loved to have met him, but I think I have a good sense of what he was about and. Again, we're really careful almost, you know, well, every day in, in, you know, maintaining his, uh, his legacy. So I'm a craft beer snob. Normally I have a glass of red wine, but I'm drinking an IPA right now. There are a lot of craft breweries out there, especially in your part of the world. Are you a beer drinker? And if so, what's your favorite local craft brewery? You know, I'm a pretty casual beer drinker. Uh, I'm much more of a, of a wine guy myself. Um, there are some great, great uh, local beers out here, though. You know, I spend a lot of, not a lot of time, but I've spent time at uh, uh, St. Archer's here in San Diego. Uh, it's great, really, really good beer. They've got a, a wide variety. So I guess that's my, uh, my go-to beer, um, uh, go-to beer out here. Now, we talked about Tiger a little bit. We're going to talk about him again real quick. He's, he's all around us, by the way. I'm Tiger's biggest fan. I mean, he stares at me. He's on my desktop. He, he's all over. I drive a red and black car because he wears red on Sunday, and I'm not making that up. So be careful how you answer this. But okay. do you think Tiger breaks Jack's record? Why or why not? Um, I don't think he breaks Jack's record. I do think he wins a major again. I just think it's, uh, you know, he lost a lot of good years there with, uh, with his injuries. And, you know, I, I think if he were – a couple of majors closer, um, he, he might have had a better chance, but um, I think Father Time is is uh, is catching up with him rapidly. I think he's probably got a couple good years left, but I can't imagine him winning, um, you know, more than more than one or two more. Um, you know, I was really interested. Uh, I, real, I realized this past weekend watching Phil Mickelson, who's who's my tiger. I, I really have known Phil for a long time. Um, I used to work with him, you know, when he first came out of college and on the atonic business. And he's been very, very kind to me over the years. And I didn't realize that Phil was, you know, 46 or maybe even 47 now. 47. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's still a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. I chose him in my master's pool and, you know, would love to see him, you know, win another green jacket. But you realize, hey, you know, when you get to be that age, it's it's tough, especially you got, you know, some great young players coming out that are ripped and toned and hitting the ball, you know, 320 yards or more off the tee. Um, I just think it's going to be really hard for, for Tiger to, you know, to, to return to form and, uh, and, and, and win and, and catch up to Jack. I think he'll, he'll, he'll be second place and, and that's not a bad place to be. Well, especially behind Jack. So I, I don't love that answer because I want him to win. I want him to break yeah. the record by like five, but 
I'll respect that answer. All okay. Right. So right. we'll deal with that. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome to learn more about the company and learn more about the revitalization of this brand. And I'm excited to see more about this, this sales model. It's definitely something that shouldn't be considered progressive, but it's going to be because of the fact that nobody else is doing it. And it's just a matter of time before other brands start to do it. So thank you for coming on to talk about it. It's been awesome getting to learn more about you and more about the brand. But the final question of your hashtag Wednesday match play presented by Eat Sleep Golf is, What's next? You guys are just kind of getting restarted here, but what's the what's the next you know few five six ten months look like for you guys? Well, you know, as I said, we're really optimistic. The first uh, five six ten months has been great, and we're counting on that continuing through twenty eighteen. Uh, we've got a bunch of new products in development. You know, we just we just launched uh, you know new new uh, irons and, and wedges in the past three or four weeks. So um, you know, we're we're keeping our foot to the pet to the uh, to the pedal and. You know, we're never going to be the biggest guys. That's not our intention. Um, but we do think that we're a, a very viable choice for alternative for, you know, serious players that want forged equipment, great performing equipment, but but now at a fantastic value. So um, we, we think there's a good niche for us. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm as I've said, at least once, maybe twice before, we're, we're really we're really uh, optimistic about where things are going to be for the Ben Hogan company for the rest of this year and, and uh, into 2019. Well, that is awesome. I'm excited to watch that happen. And I look forward to learning more. You might see an application come through to see if I can maybe become one of your ambassadors to help raise awareness about this brand. I hope this episode helps raise awareness about the brand and what your involvement is with this company. This episode is going to live on YouTube. So everybody that's watching, make sure you leave your comments on this new sales model below, because I'm curious to hear what everybody else thinks. Because like I said, it's a progressive sales model, but it's not something that I think will be progressive for long because I think this is going to be something to inspire other companies to kind of go this model. It makes it more affordable for the consumer, therefore potentially selling more product. And it makes it easier for the consumer to be able to buy something versus driving to the store and getting fit and hitting irons and the whole nine yards. So excited to learn more about that. This episode's also going to be on iTunes and Google Play via podcast. So make sure you check it out there. Hit the subscribe button down below. This way, every time a new episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play is released every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m., you get a notification so you don't miss an episode. Next week, we got the first tee of Naples, Collier County coming on, so it was a good segue there from Mr. White. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been fantastic to learn more about this company. A tip of the cap to Mr. Ben Hogan for what he created many years ago, like you said, in a season where he was, oh, you know, winning three major championships. As always, on the hashtag Wednesday Match Plays, you have to remember to eat, sleep, golf.